How's it going everyone? My name is Edward Gills and this is Dr. Love. You're tuning in to Transformational Health. Hello boys and girls and children of all ages. <laughs> My name is George Xavier Love. I'm a doctor of Chinese medicine. I'm also a licensed acupuncturist and I'm also a Qigong master, and you just walked in front of the camera. I did? Yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> so, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Today's show is Transformational Health, and today we're going to talk about empowering yourselves to prevent and reverse high blood pressure. So, heart disease is the number one cause of death in men and women over 35 in the United States as well as Europe and Asia. So how can we prevent heart disease? Well we can start by monitoring our blood pressure. Now how is blood pressure measured you might ask? Well they use something called a cuff and they wrap the cuff around your arm just above the brachial pulse and they put pressure on it and they measure the pressure as the as the cuff loosens they're taking your heart rate and so they have a little meter there and they'll say normal blood pressure is 120 over 80 so that's the diastolic over the systolic now most people focus on the higher number because when your blood pressure is high it's the high number right but it's the lower number that really is important. So if the lower number is high, like so instead of 120 over 80, it's like 140 over 90, or 140 over 100, it's the lower number that's really important. Now, if you go to medical school and you learn how to do blood pressures, they will tell you to take your blood pressure three times in a 24 hour period and then take the average. Now, when you go to your doctor's office, they take your blood pressure one time. And then, frequently, you have what we call white coat syndrome. So, in other words, you're late, you're rushing to get there, parking, and then you're in the doctor's office, and then your blood pressure goes up. And then they take it and they, oh, your blood pressure is high, I'm going to write you a script, and you're going to be on this medication for the rest of your life. Now we know that does not make any sense. And yet they push these high blood pressure medications on people because they can. Now, ask a nurse, family member, friend, when they went to nursing school, what were they taught? Were they taught to take it three times in a 24 hour period and take the average? Or were they taught just to take it one time? Okay, now, Let's go into blood tests because blood tests are very important. Now, when we do a blood test, we do a blood draw, put it under a microscope, and then we stain it. Staining the blood is just as effective as killing the blood. So you've effectively taken a snapshot of someone, all right? So if you're an athlete and you're running and you say, hey, Dr. Love, take a picture of me, I'm going to do a video of you running. I'm not going to take and then say, that's your picture, that's your athleticism, that represents your health from a picture. 
I want to see a continuous picture, okay? So the blood tests are not always accurate. Now, I have a close friend who's a OBGYN. He took his own blood, he sent it to six different labs, and he put phony names and date of birth on each blood. And he got six different results, not even close. So he lost faith in blood testing effectively because he got six different results. Now, in Israel, they measure the blood pressure at the wrist. The blood vessels are smaller at the wrist than they are at the elbow. So it would be easier and more timely to discover blood pressure anomalies at the wrist than at the elbow. In fact, you can determine up to five years ahead of time if you're gonna get blood pressure, high blood pressure, measuring here. So why don't they measure it there? Because now we have an opportunity to lower the blood pressure. But if we take it here, it's gonna take five years to get it and then you're gonna be on medication for the rest of your life. So what would be the best location? Here at the wrist, right. the radial pulse, as opposed to the brachial pulse. Now, if you asked me, how would you lower blood pressure? Then I would say I would do certain wrist movements that are in Qigong. Because if I do these particular movements, which we call serving Qi, okay, then we effectively create more flexibility in the blood vessel, effectively lowering blood pressure. Now, how do we get high blood pressure? Well, plaque forms on the inside of the blood. And plaque is like stickiness or glue or paste. And how do we get that in the blood? Well, there's the five whites. White flour, white dairy, white sugar, white salt, white animal fat, and then fried foods. So the five whites plus fried foods will create plaque on the inside, which then narrows the volume of the blood vessel and then the heart has to work harder to get the blood to come back to the heart because the gravity, because the heart blood goes down, most of the blood vessels are in your legs and then you don't exercise, you don't walk, run, bike, skate, swim, ski, jump, dance, you don't do any of those things, then the blood pools in your legs and the heart has to work harder to get back to the heart. That's what causes blood pressure high blood pressure. Now, as you get older, as you get older, are you more active or less active? Well, definitely less active. <laughs> so when I was in college, we used to party every weekend. And then when we got our first jobs or working for corporate America, we used to party, eh, but we'd drink. <laughs> then 20 years later, we'd go to parties and we'd eat. Then, now we go to parties, we talk. <laughs> Sounds like a series of shows. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, people as they get older are less active, and they actually need to be more active. People as they get older eat more when they actually need to eat less. 
So we found through testing that older people need fewer calories. Younger people need more calories. Why is that? I don't know. That's just, it's just the way it is. Okay. Okay. So what do I want to do to prevent? What can I do to prevent high blood pressure? Okay. Number one, exercise. If you take a stone, throw it in the river, a year later, you're going to have a smooth stone because water is the, the friction of the water is going to wear the stone down. So the more frequently you exercise, then you're going to erase the plaque on the inside of the blood vessels, effectively lowering blood pressure. Now, what's your favorite exercise? If somebody came to you and said, I want to do something cardiovascular, what advice would you give them? My favorite exercise is running. Running. Okay. Now, running leg muscles. Heart's up here. It takes eight to ten minutes to get your heart rate up to the point of aerobic activity from running. But I can do this in my chair for four and a half minutes and I can raise my heart rate up to 110. Wow. Sitting. Just sitting and just sitting. Rotational arm movement. Exactly. And, uh, joints. Because the anything I do for the shoulder is the pectoralis and the scapula. Okay? And those two muscles work directly on the heart. Anything I do with the elbow gets the bicep and the tricep, and anything I do with the wrist gets the forearm and the backhand. So by doing these particular movements for four and a half minutes. And I've created dances and silly songs to go along with the dance that will increase your heart rate faster and more effectively than running. Hmm. Now, as we get older, the weakest joint in the body is the knee. Strongest joint in the body is the ankle. do you think Americans get every year? Oh, it's a lot. You know, I don't even know the number. Three this, this much. Hundred thousand. Wow. Three hundred thousand people a year get knee replacements. Now those are the ones who have insurance that'll pay for it. So how many people can't get knee replacements because they don't have enough coverage? Double that. Double that. At least, maybe triple. And then you gotta go to how many people don't wanna get knee replacements but need knee replacements. Okay, so now we have 160,000 a year that get hip replacements. Okay, so double knees, double the amount of people that get hip replacements get knee replacements. Wow, that's a lot of people. Now, what did you do to your body? To ruin your knees, to ruin your hips.
Did you sit too much? Did you not dance enough, swim enough, walk enough, or even run enough? Okay. 3% of the population exercises once a week. 3% exercise once a week. Three times a week, we're down to 1%. Wow. <laughs> Three times a week, 1%. That means there's 30 million Americans that make it to the gym. But there's 300 million Americans don't even go near a gym. Wouldn't know what a gym like if they walked into it. So our country is, okay, we're really going down the tubes. Wow. Okay. I come from the tubes, Dr. Lowe. Give us, give us some insight. So I think dancing is the best thing because it's free form. You don't have to think about it. You let the music move you. You let the rhythm get in sync, in harmony with your heart rate. So boom, 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 boom. So reggae music is in sync with the heart rate. Okay, so reggae is heartbeat music. So reggae is good for your heart because it creates a resonance that normalizes and equalizes your heart rate, which then calms your blood okay? But when you listen to some of that dancing, swimming, qigong, which is something that I teach, tai chi, bagua, xing yi, um, a lot of Chinese martial arts, all these things create peacefulness inside the body and allow the heart and the brain to synchronize and slow down and create peacefulness or mindfulness within the body. And that will reverse high blood pressure and prevent stroke and heart attack. Wow. The symptomatology is so minor that you wouldn't know if you had high blood pressure. You wouldn't know if you're getting ready to come down with a stroke. You wouldn't know that you're gonna have a heart attack. 50% of the people with heart disease, their first symptom was a heart attack. First symptom, just walking down the street, boop, fall down. Wow. Okay, so there's no way you could just like, mm, oh yes, I must have heart disease. You're not. So, preventive care. Exactly. Care. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Prevention is the only cure. Yeah. It's the only cure. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, I had my treatment. I've got my voice back. Um, he's treated me. Um, it's just amazing. Interesting. He's talking to him. He, was, he diagnosed me energetically. He never touched me. He hit me right on the Right on point. This ran the hands. Everything that he called me was right on. 
keep his gun close by to his own He just treated me on what the, what the doctors told me after they did an upper and lower exams. Brush of the hand. I would prefer his diagnosis to the Western medicine. I would prefer his line of treatment to Western medicine. So I say I can. So you have to be proactive. You have to know that you're going to get heart disease, and therefore you have to work against it. You have to bike, you have to skate, you have to ski, you have to dance, you have to uh, run, jump, twist, turn, tumble. You have to use your body or you will lose your body. And I'm so happy to know that you are a fitness trainer and that you go to the beach and you run on the beach and you swim and you help people by putting them on fitness programs. That makes me very happy to know that you're involved with that. Yes, I'm very happy to do that, you know, because you see lifestyle changes occur and it's mm -hmm. beautiful when people make lifestyle changes because it can save your life. And it's usually like the small steps. And a lot of them, like, I don't want to go to the gym. Well, you don't have to go to the gym. Like, exercise doesn't entail the gym. You know, exercise entails movement. Whatever way you can get movement, whether it's Qigong, whether it's dancing, whether it's walking, your dog. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I say attach something fun and pleasurable to it. Like you said, the famous words of Dr. Love, most people rather avoid pain than sleep pleasure. So why not seek pleasure by, you know, preventing the pain that occurs when you get diabetes, the pain that occurs when you get high blood pressure, by, you know, loving yourself enough to just walk out there. Mm -hmm. So dancing is the best way to get started. And then we open our hearts, open your heart side to side, qigong side to side. Now open your heart side to side. Qigong side to side. Now, those of you who are young enough, I mean, uh, old enough to remember, put your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And so, like, I've created a V, and the heart is the center of the V. And as I go back and forth, I literally push on my heart. So that's one way of increasing blood flow in and out of the heart, which then lowers blood sugar, I'm sorry, blood pressure, and prevents a stroke. Now, a trick question that I ask everybody is, how does the blood get from the heart to the brain? Now, you've turned on a water fountain, and most times the water kind of dribbles out, but every once in a while you turn on the water fountain and the water will shoot all the way across the room. Well, for us, we want that blood to shoot out of the heart, up into the brain. But if your neck is like this, then the neck muscles are tight and the blood gets stuck and it can't shoot up to the brain. So therefore, we have reduced blood flow and blood oxygen and blood nutrients to the brain, which means we don't make good choices and we don't think as good and our mental focus is not as strong as it could be. 
So when we do the chi dance and we wave our arms in the air and then we lift our lungs and then we loosen the liver, then we increase blood flow from the heart to the brain. And that makes all the difference in the world. Thank you.